from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. gentlemen this is the debut edition of tna impact the asylum years we are going to be talking all about the very beginning the origins the very start of tna wrestling and this is the debut edition so this will be a new segment every tuesday diving deep into the history of tna starting with the very first humble beginnings the asylum years and what better way to start off than the very first tna nwa tna pay-per-view from June 19, 2002, from Huntsville, Alabama. Shouts to Conrad Thompson, Huntsville's finest. Yeah. Conrad, Podfather, you the man. But this is not about Connie. This is about TNA, NWA TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. But before we got to impact on Spike, before we got to impact on Fox Sports Net, before we got to the six-sided ring, NWA TNA started here in Huntsville, Alabama. Weekly pay-per-views, a concept that was unheard of at the time. Weekly pay-per-views. Many people thought it was stupid. Many people thought it would never last. But guess what? Impact Wrestling is alive and well to this day. We have the Making an Impact show where we talk about Impact Wrestling TNA from the Spike TV years. But what better way to really give you the history of this company than to start from the very beginning, the origins. We're talking about the infamous TNA Asylum years. So let's get right into it. The June 19, 2002, the inaugural NWA TNA pay-per-view starts out with Don West being introduced. And Don West introduces Ed Ferrara, who introduces Mike Tanay at the commentator's table. Mike Tanay welcomes us to the show. He says that tonight revolves around history and history on so many fronts. But tonight is also about making history. And they will be making history tonight when they crown a brand new NWA TNA world champion tonight. Then, they start bringing out some NWA legends. People that really made the NWA what it was. So, we bring out, number one, the king, Harley Race. Shouts to Harley Race, man. One of the greatest of all time. Dory Funk Jr. 
from the famous funk family. Jackie Fargo. Bullet Bob Armstrong. And the man who comes out with the NWA champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, is all out here. And they're saying that tonight they will crown a new NWA champion. Tonight there's going to be a gauntlet for the gold. 20 men over the top rope battle royal. To crown the new era of the NWA's World Heavyweight Champion. This leads to Jeff Jarrett interrupting this ceremony. And saying that this is the stupidest idea ever. That they should just crown him the champion. This is absolute BS. And he wants that belt. Which leads to Ken Shamrock coming out. And saying that he agrees that the that the Battle Royals BS. But... Be that as it may, Ken Shamrock's going to go through 19 other men. He's going to win that title. Which leads to Scott Hall in the crowd. The crowd goes absolutely apeshit for Scott Hall. He hits him with the, hey, yo. And he tells him that he's walking away tonight with the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So really fun opening segment here. Very interesting for a show to debut with an opening segment and not in-ring segment. But definitely, it got me hyped for the show. A lot of star power. TNA showing the star power here. Something that they desperately needed on this show because we're going to talk about the rest of the show that strongly lacks star power into the main event. But first, we're going to talk about the very first matchup. The very first matchup in TNA history, that is. We have... AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, teaming up with Loki, teaming up with Jerry Lynn, three men that are going to be synonymous with each other in this time period. But on this debut episode of TNA, NWA TNA, they are teaming up. And they're going against the Flying Elvises, Sonny Siaki, Jorge Estrada, and Jimmy Yang. Now, the crowd kind of booed. They were like, what the hell? These guys dress up like Elvis, whatever, right? Blah, blah, blah. But, oh my god, was this match absolutely ape shit. By the way, best match on the fucking card. This was the match of the night, in my opinion. Four stars, balls-to-the-wall action. AJ Styles, Loki, Jerry Lynn, they all really just took it to... They showed why that they're going to be the face of this X Division that Mike Sine was talking about. And we've seen so much innovative action here from Jimmy Yang... Sonny Siaki brought size to the match. Jorge Estrada pulling out some crazy-ass standing shooting stars. This was just insane. Fast-paced action, like I said. This was an introduction to what the X Division is going to grow to be. They announced that next week we're going to have a round-robin challenge to crown the very first X Division champion between AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, Loki, and the Mexican legend Luchador Psychosis. Who's also on this show, by the way. At the end of this matchup, the Flying Elvises actually pick up the victory. They beat AJ Styles, Loki, and Jerry Lynn, which was a shock to me. Because I thought that knowing the history of AJ and TNA, the history of Loki and Jerry Lynn and TNA, I did not expect them to lose this first matchup. But glad that the Flying Elvises did win because they really showed that they're not just a stupid gimmick. They could go in the ring. This match was fun. This match was awesome. I really enjoyed this. Next, we have a dwarf match. Something that TNA was doing at the time. They were really marketing that they're going to have a bunch of different styles of wrestling. Luchador, 
X division is going to have this high-flying action. You're going to have the stars of the NWA, and you're also going to have dwarf matches. So this match was between Tio, the hardcore dwarf, and Hollywood. This was this match maybe lasted three minutes. Tio gets the victory. Nothing really to talk about there. No disrespect, but it was eh. Then this is where the show really started slagging because you had the dwarf match that was like, like I said, no disrespect, but it was really like a nothing matchup. Then Ed Ferrara and Don West, they're in the ring. They're going to have the Miss, the Miss TNA pageant. They bring out the Queen of Extreme from ECW, Francine. They bring out Daphne, um, a couple other people, Miss Jody, um, Alexa Lurie, who's a young Mickey James, Electra from TN, from ECW, and basically they all just need a strip. This was just, this didn't age well. Let's say Electra gets on the mic. Well, uh, Francine gets on the mic and talks about how she's above this and she's not going to strip. And she's the queen of extreme. Then Electra gets on the mic and says that Francine single-handedly bankrupt ECW, which I have no idea at all why that got a crowd reaction. Like, anybody who knows anything about ECW, Francine had nothing to do with that. It was just one of those corny disses that would happen back in the day where whenever someone from WCW or ECW come, the diss that was on them was, oh, you bankrupt the company. Like... I remember when Scott Steiner was, uh, when he first came to TNA and Kurt Angle said, you bankrupt WCW. Like, really? Is it really Scotty Steiner's fault why WCW is going out of business? Or is it really Francine's fault why ECW went out of business? It wasn't because of the lack of funds from Paul Heyman. It wasn't because Paul Heyman was on Monday Night Raw before ECW even ended. It wasn't because fucking all the talent left and they weren't getting paid. It was really because of Francine. Corny has this that for some reason got a big-ass crowd pop here in Alabama. But, hey, Connie, tell me. Tell me, Conrad. Tell me. Why did this get a pop in Alabama? I don't know. But, anyway, that, that was nothing. Then we have a match between the debut of James Storm teaming up with Psychosis. Going against the Johnsons with Minimum Plumtree in their corner. The Johnsons, who were in bodysuits that look like skin color with masks. And if you can't, if you can't imply, well, this is what they implied. If you can't put together by their name what they were trying to do here, basically, they had these two guys looking like a bunch of dicks. You had two dicks on your show. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. 
Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Yeah. So besides the great opener with all the legends of the NWA and all the stars from, well, that's going to be in the Battle Royal, and besides that, one hell of a six-man tag match between the Flying Elvises, Low-Key, Jerry Lynn, and AJ Styles, this show is plummeting fast. This show is not looking good so far. Not good. Anyway, the Johnsons win. Then we get a promo from the Dups. Stand up and bowed up and shut up and fucked up and bitched up and... Uh, what the hell, man? Basically, the dumps are their hillbilly southerners who were portraying an incest storyline here. Very Vince Russo-esque. They're drinking backstage and Bill Burns... Oh, Bill Barron's... Forgive me for messing that up. Bill Barron's an NWA official says you can't drink on the job. Why is any of this shit on the show? This is your debut show. This is your this is your freaking This is your introduction to the world. You have one good match and a bunch of bullshit. You have a bunch of dicks, you have a bunch of you have incest storyline, you have dwarfs wrestling, you have fucking women stripping, you have cage dancers. What the fuck am I watching? What am I watching? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, this was just... <sighs> this leads to Christian York and Joey Matthews wrestling the dubs, and they lost to the dubs. Like, whatever. Next, we get fucking NASCAR drivers on this fucking show. Like, like we didn't have enough, right? NASCAR drivers. Hermie Sadler and some of the NASCAR driver. They come out. They talking about, we're athletes. We're, we're athletes. And then Ron the Truth Killings comes out. He interrupts. He says that they're not athletes. You guys stay in a car all day. My people, we play basketball. My people, we run track. My pe- Implying that black people are athletes and white people are not. So, once again, I feel like they just wanted to throw a bunch of taboos at the wall and see what shit stuck. Because now, not only do you have an incest storyline, do you have a midget dwarf named Puppet running around with a gun. By the way, yeah, that happened. You have two guys dressed up like dicks. You have an incest storyline. I don't know if I fucking just said that. You have women stripping. And now we're going to play the race card. Now we're going to say how we had, what's it called? Brian Lawler, by the way, attacks Ron the Truth Killings. 
and then has the nerve to say next week, I want to face you in a match, and I'm going to show you why my people are better than your people. What the fuck? Is it because we're in Alabama we're going to let, let the racism fly? Are you serious? Some fucked up shit. What the hell am I watching? Fucking Ron the Truth Killing should have knocked everyone the fuck out. That's bullshit. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's bullshit. We're going to talk about how we're going to have Ron the Truth Killings jump by two NASCAR drivers and the son of a fucking legend in Jerry the King Lawler. And then we're going to fucking have them jump the black guy and the whole crowd cheers it and then say, hey, my people better than your people. That's bullshit, man. This is the debut episode of NWA TNA. This is really what we're watching? Yo, y'all gonna be lucky if I stick with this. Because so far, this shit is not good. Let's talk about the main event. We got a cunt... Oh, oh, forgive me. I forgot to talk about Toby Keith. Toby Keith. We have a music video by Toby Keith. That plays a full music video. And then after the full music video by Toby Keith, who, by the way, why? After a full Toby Keith music video, we get a live performance from Toby Keith, the angry American, singing about how America's angry is going to kick Iraq's ass, right? Cool song, nice. But what the hell? So once again, we have incest, racism, we're coin dwarfs, midgets that run around with guns. We didn't even get to when... Puppet the midget dwarf is jacking off inside of a garbage can. Trust me, we'll get there. We have women stripping. We have freaking... Oh, I don't know, man. Now we have a country music singer. Thank God for Jeff Jarrett. I never thought I'd say that. Thank God for Slap Nuts. I never thought I'd say that. Slap Nuts comes out mid-performance, pushes Toby Keith. He says, no one wants to hear Toby Keith. Let's get this fucking main event started. So, that's what they do. Jerry, Jeff Jarrett starts off the Battle Royal. This is the main event here. He eliminates Buff Bagwell right off the start. Then he eliminates Lash LaRue. He eliminates Norman Smiley. Puerto Rican wrestler shouts the Boricua. The Puerto Rican wrestler comes out named Apollo. Apollo actually looks really good. He kind of reminded me of uh, Batista's build. Really good here. He lasts in the ring. Scott Hall comes out. We got... Vampire Warrior, the former Gang Grill. We got Steve Carino, the king of old school. We have a fucking Scott Steiner lookalike named Del Rios, who literally was wearing Scott Steiner's shorts, had his logo, and fucking had his patented blonde hair and black striped goatee. What the hell is this? Anyway, some notable shit that happened in this match. Toby Keith comes out. He's the one to eliminate Jeff Jarrett. This leads to nothing because we never get a Toby Keith-Jeff Jarrett match. But the one man that this whole show has been built around, Jeff Jarrett, gets eliminated by a country music singer. I know they like to show that scene a lot. That we, If you know the history of TNA, every time there was a highlight video, we always saw Toby Keith eliminating Jeff Jarrett. It didn't look good. It was a good suplex. Shouts to Toby Keith. He's a big-ass boy. But... It didn't look good. You have a country music singer eliminating Jeff Jarrett. This whole fucking show has been built around Jeff Jarrett, but whatever. Ken Shamrock is in. The show, the, the match comes down to Ken Shamrock and Malice. 
big-ass wrestler named Malice. And Ken Shamrock, he hits him with the belly-to-belly. He wins the matchup. The very first NWA champion of the TNA era is the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. Jeff Jarrett then comes out. He's still complaining. He has a pull-apart with Jackie Fargo. Jackie Fargo's strutting all over the place. He says, next week, I I got a matchup for you, Jeff Jarrett. Next week, you are going against... And then Scott Hall comes out and starts beating up Jeff Jarrett. And very anticlimactically, I don't even know if that's how you say it. He says, Scott Hall, Scott Hall, Scott Hall. You're you're going against Scott Hall, Scott Hall, Scott Hall. You barely could hear him when he said that. Jeff Jarrett's going against Scott Hall next week. And that's how the show goes off the air. What a fucking fail. I... I am so surprised that this made it to a week two. And that's coming from someone who's a diehard CNA fan. You hear me, I'm making an impact. Making an impact is no surprise. It's my favorite show to record. It's my favorite segment to record every week. I love the old school CNA. But gosh, the Asylum years? They're known for being the wild, wild west. And it gets crazier. But this first show? was absolute trash. And listen, hear me out. I'm going to give this a couple weeks. I, I, I'm going to actually give it. I'm going I'm to do this, right? I'm going to do this because I can't wait to see some of the classic Asylum year matches. I can't wait to sit through it. I can't wait until they actually get to the Asylum. But like, I know next week the main event is going to be fucking phenomenal. Obviously, everyone knows the crowning of the first X-Division champion. That match was phenomenal. No pun intended, right? But... If I was someone who bought this pay-per-view on June 19th, 2002, I'm sorry. I would not buy another one because this show was absolute ass. I give TNA, NWA TNA's debut weekly pay-per-view a .5 out of 5. What a fail. But shouts to them because they are the cockroach that just won't die. TNA, Impact Wrestling, they're still alive and well to this day. They are still alive and well to this day. So shouts to them. I guess the real joke's on me, right? Shouts to them. I hope everyone has a great night. Enjoy yourselves. Tune into T- Make sure to tune into NXT tonight. Big show for NXT. Karrion Cross is a champion. Pete Dunne wants his ass. You know what I mean? Big show for NXT tonight. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for Wednesday's show. We'll be talking all about NXT as well as running down the card for AEW's Blood and Guts. We're going to have a special segment diving deep into the pinnacle versus the inner circle and getting everybody ready for Blood and Guts. That's going to be extremely exciting. I am so hyped for Blood and Guts tomorrow between... AEW, NXT tonight, I'm excited. I'm excited for the current product of wrestling. Not too much excited for the Asylum Years of TNA, but I'm excited. Make sure to tune in Thursday. We're bringing you Making an Impact. We're going to be talking about all about blood and guts. Friday, we'll be talking about Impact Wrestling. We're going to be talking about this. We're going to have This Is Extreme. This Is Extreme is going to return. We're going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV, the fallout of Wrestlepalooza 1997. So we have a stacked week. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for following us. Stay tuned because it's only going to get better from here. I hope everyone has a positive week. I hope everyone enjoys their day. Stay positive. 
Stay strong. Stay safe. One love. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 